0: What's going on ladies and gentlemen it is Tuesday May 24th my name is Everett DeLorme joined as always by Mr. Rob St. Clair and Daniel Manili and this is the 9 by 9 the 81 square meters of the best volleyball content you can find on the internet and this one is a big one we're right on the heels of the 2022 Champions League finals that went down this Sunday and they were both banger of matches. We're going to be breaking those matches down, doing a bit of a recap of the European club season. And of course, get you ready for the national team season. That's going to start in literally one week's time. In one week's time, guys, we are going to be having VNL. Uh, but first up, let's start with the Women's Champions League final. It was a rematch of last year with a different result. This time, Vakifbank Bank is... Your champion's MVP goes to Gabi, and they did everything they could to stifle Paolo Agonu in this one. Rob, you jumped in uh, onto the Discord uh, voice chat with some pretty uh, some pretty heavy uh, breakdown of the matches. How about you share what, what your thoughts of the game were?
1: So... Uh... First of all this match was a banger. Uh it was crazy. It, it delivered up to the hype. It was it was everything that we kind of wanted it to be for this rematch for the end of this saga, you know, just, just the whole thing. Uh there was there's man, I'm pulling up my notes about it. Yeah, just the, just the whole the whole Caneliana versus Rocket Bank saga that went back to last club season to World Club Championships this year to the perhaps the literal one for one exchanging of opposites that it sounds like these two teams are going to do this off season. Uh, and there's just so much on the line for both of them, including basically a perfect season for Rocket Bank, which we'll talk about in a minute. But the match itself, other than the, the thing that obviously pops out, is the is the singular dominance of Paola Egonu without pretty much any support from anywhere else. And the way that you can beat this Caneliano team, it really there's two ways. You can have Paola Egonu have a mediocre day, make too many errors, then you've got a great chance. Or you get a day where she is Corneliano's only choice and you do a great job of defending and slowing down everybody else. And you on your side, play your a plus game. And I think that's really what Vakif bank did. I think it was terrific. This game uh, 34 for 58, 59% kills, which is Big ridiculous. Time. Time. Uh, you could definitely argue too many errors with eight errors. Total never blocked, but eight balls just hit out of bounds. Uh, but 34 for 58. Uh, you're certainly getting an new performance that can win you a match, and pr- perhaps should win you a match with that output. So, well, it's funny, though. Rob, because that's
2: that's almost exactly the same stat line as she had last year. If you guys oh, remember, boy. <laughs> she had uh, 41 points on 55 percent hitting, so like very similar. Actually, more even more errors last year where she won MVP. 14 errors in that one. Uh, so, I mean, technically played better in this one, I guess. Uh, 10 heirs if you combine her serving heirs as well. So the performance is good enough to win the Champions League title. We've, that's very much proven.
1: Already. Absolutely. So I, Egonu played well enough to win the Champions League title, but so some a couple of my takeaways set by set. In set number one, it was late errors. There were three very, very bad errors basically Timely right in a row. Yeah, it was uh, Egonu, Sila, and Plummer in mm-hmm. – I can't remember the order, but all three of those players made consecutive hitting errors. And uh, Silas and Plummer, they were terrible errors. Silos was like a 60% roll shot that she missed by like four meters out of bounds. And then Plumbers was a crossbody chop that she missed wide of the sideline. I don't even remember what Egonis was, but it was the, the timeliness of those errors that that set was otherwise close. In set number two, uh, Bank really went on a great run against Cuneliano's rotation one. Uh, uh, they got trapped in rotation one badly for four maybe five points in a row and eventually they just had to sprint a from all the way on the left sideline all the way over to the right sideline the instant the ball was served and get her a right side attacking chance to even have a have a possibility of getting out of that rotation so Plummer was not a factor on the right and they couldn't set the middle they just could not get out of that rotation and I think that Bank's game plan, part of their game plan was to use off-speed in offense and force Corneliano's off-blocker defenders and their wing defenders to come up short and make a lot of those plays. You saw, I think, so Michelle barch had 15 attempts. She only had two kills. But mm-hmm. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as to say she had a bad performance because just about every one of those attempts was an off-speed shot. So many tips, so many rolls of... And Caneliano's off speed defense didn't do that good of a job of well, they picked a lot of them up, but they didn't turn them into transition, like real viable transition offense the way I thought they could have. And re- I think the reason why Caneliano won that third and played better was they got the middle more involved. And then but then in the fourth, it was it, it was it was all of bank It was mm. eight to three Caneliano. And then and, and then, and then it all fell apart it was yeah. crazy
0: the two best times that we saw canigliano go when the fourth and at the beginning of the first right as you said rob they made that slew of errors in the first to just give away the set to vakov bank they were in the lead up until then but in both right. of those sets they were really releasing the middles that they were running a lot through Foley. and i mean she ended up having the second amount of points for them on the, on the day with 12 um and going and getting like a a, a lot of sets uh a lot of sets yeah, 19 in 19
1: attempts in,
0: exactly in in timely uh timely points but then you really have to look to at katherine Plummer just disappearing this one eight for 25 three errors blocked four times a terrible uh, efficiency in this one and we've talked about it all season long that if they didn't have that secondary scoring option it was they were they were tough it was going to be tough to win um does this one come down to Plummer just not showing up
2: um, I don't think it's just Plummer, though, and I agree. It's it's crazy to me that a three-time NCAA champion who like looked like the absolute like next best thing of Team USA volleyball is getting to this level and struggling because she she really, in my opinion, ha- does have the tools to do well. But uh, I, I don't think it's just Plummer. I think it's a whole team. Uh, you know, Plummer Plummer did make seven errors, but Paoli Ganu, eight errors, Yona um, uh, Vol uh, sorry Miriam Silla, five errors. Like the whole team, seventeen attacking errors, six block shots. They, uh, Caneliano attempted 30 more attacking attempts than Vaca think and lost that the match.
1: That is crazy. That's, that's nuts. 144
2: to 116. So, so there's so, something so, else going on there. So, <laughs> so right, uh, uh, take a at there. what
0: point do we start looking at Jamal Valazh? And starting to question if maybe she's not setting the best type of offense for this team. Maybe she's not putting her, her hitters in, in the best position. I mean, it's tough to see because, I mean, this one was a little bit different. We did get a bit of a baseline angle, but usually usually we don't. Um, and we don't have the volley metrics to, to go and see because they don't do women's. Um, but is there some question about Volazs
1: is able to lead this team? I don't really think so uh, because the, the game plan for Caneliano is always to feed Paola Egonu the ball. And it wasn't like the spread of the offense was that one dimensional. Like the balance of attempts is not bad. Uh, 25 attempts for Plummer, 30 for Sela, 19 for Foley, and then 10 for DeCroix. Like that's, that does not. That the though that distribution of attempts for the attackers isn't a problem to me. It's the performance of those attackers when they got the balls, mostly just the two outside hitters. Like Plummer and Sila were really just not good enough. But I think already we've talked too much about Caneliano's failure and not enough about Vakifbank's outstanding phenomenal performance in their game plan because not only do they have an opposite in Isabel Hawk, who you could argue is somewhat close to the same tier as Paula Egonu. But the MVP of this match, Gabi Guimaraes, Gabi. at 23 for 38, four errors, only 61% kills. Her kill percentage was better than a gonus, mm-hmm. plus passing 67% positive
0: yeah gabby was unreal in this one i mean you bring up isabel hawk but i felt isabel hawk kind of struggled i mean she was 15 for 37 only won 41 percent kill percentage efficiency wasn't great and i felt like she was a little hot and cold in this one but that's when gabby kind of just took up the mantle and really drove this team home and i mean she was absolutely outstanding and you could tell that nothing was going to stop her uh from from this one she was she was all over the place um well deserved MVP by Gabby, you guys think?
1: Oh my God, absolutely. She's the best outside hitter on the planet right now on the women's side. And she wow. was. Wow. Okay. And she better was better Fedorov- Of course she's better than Fedorov Seva. Of course she is. <laughs>
2: okay, but Rob, I have a question for you. Yes. Yeah, because sure. I remember us sitting uh, this time last year, and, and Gabby's an amazing player, but we were, we were calling her, or at least I was, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but saying that she's basically a glorified libero. You know that secondary outside hitter because last year, if you remember, thirteen remember points on forty-six percent hitting. She was ten more points on an incredibly better performance. What, what do you think changed between last year and this year? Is this just her getting back to her usual level, or is she actually taking her offensive game to the next step?
1: I think she's taken her her offensive game to the next level compared to last year, national team and club included. The way that she sees the block. I mean, match point is a great example. She got a bump set from. I don't know, from well off the court from John by Like everybody in the gym knew the ball was going to her. And it was a great bump set, first of all. And she saw perfectly the outside head of Yana Volosh, hammered it high flat, like in such a way that there was no defense to track it down. She oh, saw yeah. it from a million miles away. That her arm talent, her cross court range this year, I really think has improved. She can bang the ball inside of two blockers and to about three meters, like right on the sideline. She can score in so many different ways now that I don't really remember her seeing her use all those tools last year. And it's, it's the vision, it's the the intelligence and it's then the, the arm talent to really hammer the ball when she needs to, which reminds me a lot of uh, a certain other MVP of the champions league finals that we'll talk about <laughs> later on. But her, I, I, not only has I think her game improved, but her role on this Valkyrie bank team has shifted because you can see the number of attempts 38 for Gabi compared to Isabel Hawks, 37. A year ago, that would have been 60 for Hawk and like 20 for Gabi. And the part of it, I think, is because teams are understanding that Hawk demands more of a defensive focus, like almost an Egonu or Boscovich level of defensive focus compared to last year where they are trying to play that team straight up in a little more balanced of a way. But so now if if Hawk is getting defended, blocked and defended, like in more of an overloaded way compared to, most other opposites, then Gabby's got to take a little more offense on her shoulders. I think Vakufank is running the pipe more this year than they did last year, mostly to Gabby. You certainly aren't going to set Barch there that much. And she's a better out-of-system option on the left side than she used to be. So uh, all that. Gabby's game has improved. Vakufank's game, because of her improvement, has shifted more to include her in the offense. I think it's all good things and well-deserved MVP. I cannot think of a better outside hitter in the women's game in the world right now.
2: Oh, and by the way, she's still like unservable in service receive Absolutely.
1: Yeah. She is, she's a steel trap passing the ball. Yeah. You're not wrong.
0: What was it? Uh, 67% percent, uh, positive, 33% excellent. Well, she, she,
1: she, re- she only got targeted nine yeah. times. Like, you That's literally, insane. you That's literally insane. cannot serve her. She passed nine balls in four sets as a full time six rotation. Yeah, she's outside. taking a lot of court,
2: too. Yeah. <laughs> it's the craziest <laughs>
1: thing I've ever seen. Like, they're, they're they'd much rather serve I, I catch the ball. Like, she's the libero. And yeah. uh, 53% positive, 12% perfect is reasonably good. But Decent, what, yeah. but you're, you're literally serving their best outside hitter a single-digit number of times because of how afraid you are of letting her pass the ball.
2: And I guarantee you probably half of those are, like, gone to jumpsters that just happen to spray onto her side. Probably.
1: <laughs> she's, yeah, she's incredible. I, I can't think of another female outside hitter that I would build the team around right now no
0: i you may be right you, you may you may be right on that, Rob I'd have to think about it a little bit, maybe federate Seva but but I don't know you you may be may, may be right on that one Rob now this vodkov bank team five trophies this year they win both of the cups in Turkey they win the league in Turkey they win the world club championships, and they win the champions League is this considered one of the best women's team?
1: and hell, maybe not even women's team, but just volleyball teams, period, ever? All right. I don't know how many times ever a team has gone five for five in possible trophies. A club team has done that.
2: Well, ever. Good, thing, good thing I can tell you guys.
1: Yes, yeah, so let's hear it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this may not be comprehensive. I didn't look for too, too long, but okay, here, here we go. Funnily enough, VacuFank has done this before. In 27-18, they also won all five. <laughs> Very good team as well. And actually, on the men's side, that same year, he brought, guys, you guys probably guess who it is. The same year, this yep. Russian team went five for five. Had to, yeah. Zenikazan, Zenik. okay. Zenikazan, of course, who also was one tournament off both years prior. <laughs> I think one was the Russian Cup and one was like the Club World Championships. Um, yeah, they the lost Club to Santa
1: team- Cruzero a couple times there, like yeah. lost to Luber, somebody weird. But yeah, the, those man, those Zenikazan teams, yikes. Yeah,
2: and one more, Caneliano. I don't know if you guys count this or not. They did win four out of five in 2021, but there was no club world championships that year. So uh, no. I don't know where you weigh that.
0: that was, anyway, you know, that was
1: part of the 78 match win streak.
0: But, but yeah. however, one thing you have to consider with this Vokif Bank team, and I mean, maybe the, even the Vokif Bank team back in 2018 too, is that, you know, when those Zena teams were winning and and doing that, they had the best player in the world on their team, right? Could this Vodka Bank team did it twice against Canigliano with the best player in the world on their team, putting up these legendary performances, and they're still able to get it done. This is like the Warriors beating LeBron out here, or you know LeBron beating the uh, 62 win Warriors, or no, sorry, 72 win Warriors. Like like it's that type of level. Like you're taking down the best player in the world twice in in uh, finals in the same calendar calendar year, not calendar year necessarily, but the same season.
1: If you, can, if you win five trophies, if you go five for five in trophies, including like the stupid Super Cup, which, I, which is obviously like the least important of the five, but mm-hmm. you still got to come in earlier in the, in the season and figure that out. But every other one of these trophies is a pretty big deal. Like, and Vakif Bank didn't get any of them all that easily. Like, the Club World Championships was a crazy five-setter over Corneliano in the finals. The Turkish League Championship was a ridiculous five-match series with Fenerbahce, which we talked about well on the show. The Turkish Cup final was a ridiculous five-setter against Fenerbahce, which I think was like 17-15. Vakif Bank's backs were against the wall in so many of those giant tournaments And in every single one of them, really, except the the Super Cup, where they weren't pushed at all, in in four of the five major trophies they won this year, they were pushed to their absolute limits and still were able to prevail in the end with outstanding team play, top to bottom, great coaching. In those Turkish championships, they couldn't even play their optimal lineup because of the foreigner limit and still got those things done. This is one of the best club seasons in volleyball history.
2: And, and Gudeteh, one of the best coaches for, for sure. sure. And another, another uh, checkmark for our continuity theory, guys, because I think we're all on this same bandwagon here. Pretty much the same team here since 2019, 20 with John Tsu, with Isabel Hawk, Gabby. Oh, John Tzu wasn't starting at that time, but still, you're learning from Maya Yanovich, uh, Michelle Barch, Zara Gunesh. We're only missing, and I, I know she's at home because one of the nicest players you'll ever meet. I know she was at home cheering back the bang. Milena Rasic is pretty much the only big piece missing from that team.
1: Yeah, that's it's a huge, a huge positive checkmark for our continuity theory that if you keep a club team more so the same year over year, you're likely to have better results from building that over a long time. Bakker Ben clearly did that. And how could you argue against the results of this year with five trophies? Yeah, but it's funnily enough, you know, we bring up that continuity, but that's ending for both of these teams here yes, it is. as uh
0: you know it, it is pretty much official now that apollo Ogonu will be headed to vakov bank this year and you know that's kind of my next question to build off the last one you know we just c- determined that this is indeed one of the best teams that we've ever seen and they're going out and adding now the best best player in the world you know this is a kevin durant joining the warriors situation for sure type of thing um is, do you think, are like, are we, is this LeBron going to, to the heat and we're just expecting that they're going to win everything from now on? You know, are we expecting them to take a run at the unbeaten streak set by Algonos Canigliano? Like, what's the expectations for this team now after this past season adding our, who they are adding for next season?
1: I was going to say, they just won five out of five trophies, and now they're going out and getting the best player in the world. Like, where do you even go from here? They, I mean, the, the expectation, I think, would be to go five for five again. All you're doing is adding Paola Agonu, who, I mean, I think she, the, the play style of this Valkyrie team, honestly, I don't think is even going to change all that much, crazy enough. Maybe, maybe the only place they can go now from here is take a run at the undefeated streak, or maybe next season they – They have the goal to never lose a single match. I don't know. I don't know where else they can go.
2: Well, no one's won five for five twice in a row. So that's a good goal. But I mean, we, we know, we don't know. I mean, probably is the best player in the world, but we, we also don't know how, how teams fit together. team chemistry Um, just from being around that team at the superfinals last year, like those, you know, Gabby and Isabel Hawk and Zara Gunish and Tugba are all like really close. So I don't know if, uh, if, if breaking that up changes things, um, but you, you never know. I I I would definitely not bet on them going five for five. Just how incredibly hard that is. They're not the only team getting better and, and adding pieces, but um, they they could definitely do it.
0: Does does the Turkish league become one of the leagues to watch next season with the addition of Agonu? Yeah, it I think it's, <laughs> yeah. It, it's
1: I mean it was already the the second best league in the world pretty clearly, and then it ended up producing the best team. I just think the top to bottom talent like the, yeah. the bottom of the Turkish league was way worse than the bottom of the Italian league Absolutely. I think it's the, I think is the main difference next year really that those those top couple teams could really go head to head at every level for an argument of that Turkey might become the best league in the world if those bottom tier teams aren't quite so bad as they were this year and I don't see that moving that much so I would still give it to Italy top to bottom but I I, I, I would hope that the global audience Gets more of a look at the Turkish Women's League next year, the way we did uh, men's and women's Italian leagues this year. If it's the possible issue, for Volleyball World TV to pick up the Turkish League, I would love to see it.
2: The, the issue with Turkey is that the top teams hoard the domestic talent, even if they're on the bench, which uh, good, lowers good the point. level of, of a lot of the lower teams. Like a, a lot of these players, would you know, uh, will take quite a bit of money to sit on the bench for Vakıfbank or Fenerbahçe rather than having, you know, a, a quarter of the salary starting for one of the lower teams, which, I mean, totally makes sense on an individual basis, but you don't see that quite as much in Italy, which I think helps the the construction of their league overall
1: yeah the the budget disparity in turkey is ridiculously wide like the the budget that bucket bank has compared to i don't know whatever team got relegated this year is is I, I would have to think is much wider of a budget gap than it is in italy also you get four foreigners on the court in italy you only get three in turkey so that domestic talent becomes even more important like dan's but, about. but
2: i can see why they do it like you see Chansu Ozbay here right where she was sitting on the bench for how long in Vakov Bank? And they just kept her on the bench. And then, you know, but then when they, when they lost Mayan Yanovic, she's ready to go, right?
1: What a crazy long play. That that club has done such a good job of this, <laughs> yeah. this, this entire process. Interrupted by COVID in the middle, they, they make, they, really the only move they made this offseason was letting Mayan Yanovic go, allowing Jansu Ozbe to come in and start, and then picking up Chiako Bogu basically only for club world championships and champions. League. she really didn't play that much in Turkey.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. All right, I think that's wrapping up uh, for the women's match. Is there anything that we want to add to break this one down?
1: Nope, I think we can move on. All uh, right. huge well, congratulations to Vakipank Bank on this, this season. Uh, Barch and Chiaka, Americans, getting five trophies, bringing them back stateside. And that, really, to, just to go five for five in trophies is truly insane. So congratulations to them. It was great to watch.
0: Yeah. Uh by the way, just real quick for Vodkov Bank, Osbe, uh, Gabby, uh, Abogu, Agonu, uh Gunesh, all uh confirmed on Volleybox for next season.
1: Okay. Dangerous. So, yeah. Bring it's it so bring scary. Bam back. <laughs> the team's Brandy. gonna be crazy next year.
0: Bringing the band back. All right. Jumping over to the men's final. Of course, it was another rematch from last year. This time with the exact same result. More so, even more so emphatically. Zaxa goes three up, three down against Trentino. And MVP in this one undoubtedly goes to Camille Semeniak. He was absolutely unbelievable. 26 for 26 for 35. 74%. Hitting percentage with only one error. Guys, it was Zaxa all throughout this one. There wasn't any doubt at all. What do we think about Zaxa going back to back?
1: Dan, go first because I, I still can't even read this Semenyuk stat line and take it seriously because it's so <laughs> Yeah,
2: so Semenyuk, uh, yeah, absolutely crazy performance. I mean, he, he, he could have won MVP last year as well, really. But uh, Schliffka was also good last year. Schliffka, as we've discussed many times before, fading into the background, but. Oh my God, it didn't matter. Uh, I went back and, and watched all of Semenyak's hits a couple times. A Cu- couple notes here 20, 28 in system hits versus six out of system. Okay. Which is a credit also. I mean, like Semenyak's obviously a superstar, but like none of this happens without the passing of Eric Shoji, Shlifka, and also, of course, the man himself, Camille Semenyak. To have 28 in system attacks in one game, I don't think I've ever seen that many in system attacks. That's like absolutely crazy. And what it allowed him to do, like Camille Semenyuk, obviously great athlete, great vertical, but also great block vision. And that we saw him basically hitting around the block every time, a ton, a ton of angle. And I was kind of looking at the Trentino block, and obviously guys like Mikoleta, Liza Nash, actually put up a big block. But they were block. tell me if this makes sense, guys. They were blocking tall and not wide. Yes, if that yes, makes yes, sense. yes, yes, absolutely. They were taking up a lot of vertical space, but they weren't taking away the angles. And Camille Semenyuk, to his credit – will absolutely just cut you apart um on, on that, and he did a really great job at
1: it that's that's very well said i mean twenty six for thirty five is is otherworldly, and you can only do that as an outside hitter at like what is he one ninety five he's not not overwhelmingly not, big not. <laughs> he, yeah his his vertical is outstanding he, his contact and his arm is his arm is as good as there is in the world. That combined with his consistent hand contact and his block vision. But, but I, think, I think you might have something there, Dan, on the way that Trentino was blocking against him. Because there was one swing in particular that I saw, I think it was in set one, where he had an out-of-system ball, one of his apparently very few. And he found the narrowest little sliver off of Micheleto's high right hand as he was blocking on the right. Because a lot of the time, Trentino switch-blocked against them. They put Spertoli blocking on the left against Kaczmarek. Which I thought actually is the opposite of what they should have done, just size wise. And but so Micalito was reaching so high, and like just inside the antenna here, Semenyuk found that tiny sliver of space to go off of Micalito's right hand and immediately into the antenna. And like the the critical nature of that swing was was so insane. And but he saw it and he trusted it and he committed to that shot the whole way in a way that I haven't really seen just about any other hitter do, especially one that is almost 20 centimeters shorter than the, than the guy he's walking against. It was insane. Uh, Dan, do you know how many, how many of those 35 attempts were out of the pipe? I'm really curious about Zox's pipe distribution. Not not that
2: that not many. It was four or five, but I think he, he executed terminate on all of them. So had to.
1: Yeah. The, I thought they did a great job of using the bick or using the pipe in transition and in side out situations when it was the right time to do so. I every every opportunity I saw when they ran that, it scored. And the other person I want to shout out here is David Smith. Look at listen to this stat line. Eight for nine attacking, eighty nine percent. One block and one ace for 10 total points in a three-set match where we thought that Trentino had the advantage in the middle. He carved Marco Pedroschkin and, and Stresko Lysenatz for eight for nine attacking. That is unbelievable. And huge congratulations to Smith for a- another just ageless sort of performance. It's amazing that he did that in that matchup. Remember last season when we
0: thought that Smith was washed up? right when he got subbed out in this very Champions yeah. League game for yeah. for Christoph Reinel and you know what some were you know some on this show were even you know doubting why he was brought at, on the US team and now here he was just he, not only in this match but he had a banger of a season all all around um i was at one point even questioning you know why they would re-sign him for next season and it's stuff like this he was absolutely unreal and they needed him to be too without Norbert Huber right
2: well, that's the thing. Regno played pretty well as well. That's what I predicted on my podcast. I was like, man, I'm really... Even with the Huber injury, I Zaxa, I think, has got this. And and look at Regno four blocks. Like you said, Rob, David Smith, eight for nine. They, they didn't miss a B in the middle. And Like, Huber's an incredible player. And, and I don't even want to think about what this game would have been if he had played. But... <laughs> But uh, yeah, David Smith—he's—he's he's looking very spry for 35 or <laughs> how old he is.
1: Yeah, yeah. What an awesome performance! And on on the Trentino side, what's what's your guys' take on Alessandro Micheletto offensively? We've talked about it the last couple weeks, but his hitting numbers, especially in the back half of that that series against Luis Chibinova and in this final, his hitting numbers have not been good. They've uh, dropped significantly. What exactly is that? I've, I think I've got kind of an idea that came, it was actually typified on, on match point when, uh, when he hit over the top of a triple block and Slivka was sitting right in the exact spot to kickstart a transition opportunity. But what do you guys think is happening with Micheleto? Is he fatigued? Is he slowing down? Or are teams just figuring him out better? I
0: personally think he's fatigued. Right, because the the reality with Micheletto is that there's not much to figure out. He's big and he can bang balls. Right, he's the type of player that you can know what he's going to do, and he's still probably going to be able to do it. But especially when we saw him in that switch in the Lube series in the semifinals of the Scudetto. Early on in the series, he was dynamic, able to get to balls, getting there early, putting his feet in a good position. And later on in the series, he hasn't. Now, I haven't broken down his movement as much, you know, throughout the finals and, the, and throughout, uh, or sorry, throughout throughout this match too. But I'm guessing that's kind of what happened, where he's just not perfectly in position as he has been before to get a good position on the ball and that's kind of why we're seeing these crazy errors from him because he's reaching outside of his body to try to hit the ball that's my opinion anyways
2: yeah i would agree with that for the most part i think i think fatigue definitely is a factor uh with Mikeletto and i think if you know we're rushing a bit to appoint him as like the top elite player because if if you guys remember for Michaletto, like he was never supposed to be a, an elite attacker, right? Like He had all the other elements. He had the serve, he had the blocking, he had the passing. But the attacking was something that came later. It came kind of throughout like the last summer even. Remember, he wasn't even starting. Uh, he was supposed to start the last Champions League Finals. So you know, I think that's just part of his game overall that hasn't been developed. And he needs to go get Aros Kovacevic's phone number right now. <laughs> give him a call and go to the Erlich Kovacevic camp of hitting line shots from position four as a lefty. Very specific camp. Not that many get invited to it, but Alessandro needs to go to that one because, man, they were, there were some single blocks where they, they were so giving him so much line like one of us could kill it like with that much space. Like was,
1: got him once on a like a, a one-on-one dive to the cross court where but there's my
2: second point. That, yeah. Like Zaxa, to all their credit, really good at switching up the blocks. They were in his head. Like they were switching up the coverage. They would give him like a incredible amount of line, one shot. And like you said, then Kachmerik would come take away the line. But Mikeletto, he's just going like Everett said. He's just going for this over top of the block, like to position like shallow position six or position six five. And teams have figured it out to a certain extent. So it is, uh, he'll he'll work on it this summer, but he, he needs he needs a little more dynamicism to his attacking.
1: I but agree I, with that. that. That was that was exactly my takeaway. Is that Micalletto, as as Everett said, he's kind of the guy right now where he you kind of know what he's going to do, and he's going to try and beat you with it anyway. But straight over the block to a consistent spot is defendable. What I, what I would like to see Micalletto improve is to be able to hit the ball hard enough to go off the block and, and way out of play so it can't be defended, and more importantly, have a legitimately threatening line shot. I think if he does those two things, it's impossible for a position six defender to just lean over to five like we saw Schleif could do on match point, and the the positioning of the block has to totally change if you have to worry about his line shot so that he can start ripping four to four again, which we certainly know he can do. So I I think it's more people have figured him out then it is he's fatigued to be honest
0: fair enough uh another question for you guys here is this trentino team the most overachieving team to have made the champions league finals in this way the past 2 years
1: the past 2
0: years the past yeah.
2: 2 years it's- they were the only team to make it the past year. No, no, sorry, but not,
0: not, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like having having made the finals last year and this year, are they kind of the most overachieving team to, to have done that in consecutive years?
1: maybe that i can remember that's a little too specific of a question but they they didn't really even contend for the scudetto finals in either of those years they lost in the semis both years yeah yeah exactly
2: it's really weird that it happened twice this way very very
1: weird the fact that this was a repeat matchup at all considering everything that went on in the off season and the season on the men's side is is pretty crazy that this matchup even happened and we'll talk about that later as we kind of wrap up the whole season sure this Trentino team overachieved we've talked about it a lot from the beginning of the season when we thought that they were losing some of their budget they lost Gianelli uh they they totally they lost Namir they lost to Corelli they totally reshifted their system and I I got this directly from the source when I talked to Matej Kozinski on the European Volleyball Show a couple weeks ago he's like yeah we didn't, we didn't even think we were going to be that good this year. But then, <laughs> when, but then when we put things together in the gym, they figured out that the three outside hitter thing worked for them. They went out and won the Italian Super Cup. Like, oh, wait a minute. We might ha- not have to, like, this doesn't have to be a rebuilding season. We can go and contend for championships this season. So their confidence definitely changed. But from in terms of what we, what everybody kind of thought of them at the beginning of the season, just when you look at the names on the roster this is definitely an overachievement for trentino but it it's it's brutal to come all the way to the champions league final two years in a row and lose them both to the same team especially that stings yeah definitely a tough one
0: but on the now on the flip side of this zaxa two wins in a row um, this is this is going to be a two part question first of all does that move zaxa into the upper echelon of elite teams in the world right They already like, there they, they, they were like, already okay, there fair enough but my second part of this question is does this put a notch up uh for the plus liga as well in general as a league you know not only have you gotten back a, a team that goes back to back but you also had your second place team in jw taking down the italian champions in lube in the quarterfinals Right. So that's two huge moves by the Plus Liga to, in my eyes, kind of cement them amongst the elite leagues in the world, you know, with the Italian League and the Russian League.
2: I, I think so. I think it definitely gives a, like a, a huge boost to the Plus Liga reputation. I mean, ask any Polish fan. They think the Plus Liga is the best league in the world already and has been for the last 10 years. <laughs> um, they're very confident. But I think, yeah, I, th- I mean, of course, yeah, this is a huge, huge. Uh, like I, I definitely think the Polish fans would rather them have their national team do better. But this is definitely no, uh, not a bad thing for the plus Liga. I think, and and I kind of had this in my notes for a later question. But I think, I think they need to start putting like more teams in CV Cup, Challenge Cup, and going a bit harder in those competitions. Because I think if you if if you really like ha- establish the dominance for those competitions as much as maybe they don't matter sometimes. But uh, yeah, and especially ever you made a great point. You streszyci you wgiel winning as well because usually usually Poland will have you know Zaxa to do well or Scra in the past do really well mm-hmm. or your even before that but rarely do they have you know two teams do well it's too bad that Warsaw kind of had that brutal season cuz terrible if they had, if they had <laughs> three teams in the playoffs and i think they could have if if you know Zav- Zavierci or someone had uh, played in Champions League then it would have been quite quite good for them
0: yeah but i definitely agree um we have some comments here in the chat um Russian, you know, Russian teams were not playing this year, and that Dynamo Moscow is better than Zaksa. Do we think the Ooh. the uh, result of this one would have been different had it not been for the war and the absence of Russian teams?
1: No, because Zenit Kazan was the best team in Russia this year, and they were in CV Cup. I think Zoxa, Zoxa's original first round matchup was against Dinamo Moscow. And uh, you, you guys remember Everett's giving me a, a lot of hard time on this show for picking Dinamo Moscow back in that matchup. Which, yeah, that's why I'm surprised with what you're saying right now. Well, like <laughs> back, back back then, that was not a crazy take. It's still not. Dinamo Moscow ended up winning the Russian League. But the fact that Zoxa was able to do this again, I mean, you get the draw you get. they Sure, they got lucky by not having to play a quarterfinal series in Champions League at all. But after that, It was convincing. They destroyed Yashevsky twice. They completely destroyed them. That first match was a 3-0. That second match, they went up 2-0. It was over. They pulled the starters. And then it was a sweep in the finals over Trentino. They did not lose a meaningful set once the, the bracket stage of Champions League started. And I don't know how, then, you can make a case that they don't deserve every bit of this Champions League win. Every other team in the world had a chance. Had an equal chance, other than the Russian teams who got pulled out of the tournament for circumstances outside their control. But everybody in Italy, everybody else in Poland, everybody in the world had a chance at Zaxa this year. None of them could beat him.
2: I don't I agree, Rob. I don't think you should take away from Zaxa. Incredible season. But I mean it's not it's not a terrible take because Moscow was really good. I think they Moscow said Zachsa. Sure. But I, I agree, you can't really argue semantics at this point.
1: Yeah, we also, we also can't argue that Perugia is better than Zaxo. We can't, we can't argue any of that. Zaxo won the Champions League. They did it twice in a row. If you're not convinced by that, uh, I, I don't know what it takes for you. So many of you just went 26 for 35 in the Champions League final. Like what more do you want from this team to, to solidify that they're the best team in Europe right now?
2: Next next year, they have to cut their budget by a 33 percent again and then win again. and then <laughs> And then they've convinced you.
0: Is that what um, they did last year? To this year? Yeah Yeah. Wow. They, they cut, cut their, their
2: budget hard. They lost Taniudy. They lost two of the most expensive Polish players in uh, Jakub Kohanovsky and Pavel Zatorski, and like thinned out the bench a bit. That's you know that's some cost savings right there. I'm sorry, H- Huber, 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 and Huber, and Janusz are not as expensive as Taniudy and Kohanovsky. Yeah, that's Fair a enough.
0: fact. Well, speaking of roster for uh, next season, uh, of course, it's another well-known secret that it looks like Camille Semenyuk will be headed to Perugia to play alongside um, uh, Leon next year. Uh, confirmed so far on Volleybox right now for um, Zaxa. actually said my- it.
1: Perugia's chairman said it. He came out and yeah. said it, and Semenyuk in his post-game interview said, this is my last match for Zaxa, which is why you can kind of see the emotion on his face right here. That's uh, a big one. It was... It- he he was in very legitimate tears giving his post game interview, and it was it was emotional for me to watch because he came up in the Zaxa team. He grew up going to Zaxa games. This is as homegrown of a talent as you will ever see in volleyball anywhere. He was a kid in the Zaxa youth system at the very very lowest levels, and I think he got loaned out to some other Plus League club for like one year. But other than that, his entire career has been spent with this Zaksa team. And he has taken them from, from being a child and a, a, just a, a fan of the players that used to play in front of him in that gym and now has taken them to back-to-back Champions Leagues and has put on one of the best performances of all time in a Champions League final to win MVP. It's an unbelievable story that I, I don't think, I don't think we're, we, we can possibly appreciate what, what this club has meant to Camille Semeniuk and vice versa.
2: And by the way, not like a highly touted prospect coming out or anything. Not at too. all. Not at like, all. He wasn't on any of. Uh, correct me, I could be wrong. Polish fans Don't get too mad at me, but I don't think he was on any really of the uh, of the Polish youth teams in, in a big role at all. Um, you know, he, he like Robbie said, he really had to earn his spot on Zaxa both in the uh, just on the club and also then on the starting lineup. But yeah, I mean, man, but yeah, great story. Hard work pays off, guys.
0: Yeah. Now. Signed for next year, you have Janusz Kaczmarek, Slivka, Zalinski, who I supposed I guess, will be sliding in uh, next to Sl- uh, Slivka uh, on the left side. David Smith, Norbert Huber, Eric Shoji, and head coach will be Thomas Samuel
1: Vuo. Yes, coming over from Russia, but they're they're not going to stick with Wojciech Szalinski at no. at the no, second right. They're going to go.
2: He could be a good third third guy.
1: Oh yeah, and he was this year. He came in and yeah. went to the Plusiga playoffs and was good. But they have another foreigner spot because uh, you only have Shoji and Smith, and everyone else is Polish. They will go out and make a huge move this offseason. Smelva was already hinted to that. And I, I just don't exactly know who it's going to be. But they will go out and pick up a big-name foreign outside hitter this offseason. Who are you we thinking? Well, the, one of the people that I said earlier was Aaron Russell. But it sounds mm-hmm. like he's headed to Japan, as of reports recently. So, uh, so that one's probably not going to happen. I guess this is a good segue to just kind of talking about the, the general wrap-up of this club season and some of the transfers that we already know about. Because some of the really, really big ones are Camille Semenyuk to Perugia and then Anderson will be headed uh, perhaps back to Asia. We know Robert landy Simone, and Ricardo Lucarelli both to Piacenza. Uh, we don't know exactly what Lube is going to do to fill those holes. We don't know what Zoxa is going to do to uh, fill that outside hitter hole. We kind of expect some foreigners to leave Russia and go back elsewhere in Europe. Uh, what Sam do you? Daru. Sam Daru going to Zeni Kazan is something that I heard. Okay. Uh, with, with, Bart- with Bartosz Bednorz leaving Zenny Kazan, I hear that he's going to be replaced by Sam Deru. So a lot going on there. W- w- what are some of the other big transfer things that you that we already know about, guys? And then I guess that Zoxa question is a good one. What are some big holes on big-name clubs that need to be filled with transfers this offseason? We can start with men's then talk about women's. Well, one of the ones
0: I've, I was hearing about today actually is that Zaitsev is as possibly looking at Piacenza as well. Um, yeah. pot- potentially going to to join uh Lu- Lucarelli and uh and Simone so that could be interesting um we know too that what
2: what is just get De the over there and you know you <laughs> I mean, and- a there uh, I sound a little familiar here yeah
0: you 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 might have to so um i mean it's 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 been well known for a while that uh, there is a budget cut going on in Lube so you know this last this Scudetto is probably the last we're, we're going to be seeing um I know that Monza has has been making some moves. Of course, rumor has it that Steven Mar will be uh, headed over to Monza to play over there. And on the Canadian front as well, it looks like Gord Perrin has been signed with Verona and will be going to play uh, in Verona this season.
2: A couple of very B plus moves there.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> let's let's. I mean, let's let's. You, you, this is this is uh, this is your uh, area here, Dan. I'm I'm waiting for you to shine.
2: The transfers. Okay, well, who do we still have? Uh, Shawan Vernon Evans to keep it Canadian. He's he, he he could go somewhere. Also, do we know uh, Bartosz Bednorz? Could he potentially be going to Zaxa?
1: It would it would be a play style fit. Everett and I actually talked about this with uh, with manyuk leaving. We we thought maybe Tomasz Fornal or Bartosz Bednorz, like either of those two, if you wanted to get a Polish guy, kind, now, of, yeah. kind of fit that that L one. High ball scorer sort of guy but I still think it's going to be a foreigner because you have a foreign spot you might as well use it on some superstar
2: are we going to see an exodus from for Shava potentially Bartosz Folek I don't think he's signed there again right
1: not that I know of and obviously Jay Blankenau Everett's boy is is on his way elsewhere yeah I, I think he is um this is one that I'm
0: interesting that I, that I'm seeing in volleyball right, right now uh Herrera um, Jesus Herrera out of Cuba, who's been with Chaumont for the past couple of years, signing with Perugia. That was added four hours ago on, on the volleyball Yeah, tour. I so heard that's about a new that one. one. He'll he'll uh, be
1: like one of their backup wings. He's k- kind of like a Marlon Yantz sort of project and maybe play him in a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, he
0: is an opposite, so it would uh, okay. work work well to to slide in behind Rich Luki. Davide Gardini coming from BYU to join uh, Padova. Um, that's, so a, that's, that's kind
1: of a non-factor. His passing is not even yeah, close to a Super yeah. League level, but he at least he's Italian, doesn't count against the foreigner limit because it sounds like your boy Eric Lepke, Everett, leaving Padova, he, headed to Toronto. Is that yep, correct? That That is correct. Um, another
0: Padova move, Dusan Pekovic coming over from Vorshaw. Um, Dan and I had the pleasure of seeing him uh, for S- Serbia one year. Yeah, that's right. I'm just going down. Dan's, Dan's boy, F.A. Byram. Who is going to be playing for? He's uh, staring I
1: love that move. Yeah.
0: Yes. Um. Tiester Horse will be. Uh. His time is done in the uh, Italian league. He's heading to South Korea.
1: Um. Yeah, August- makes sense.
0: <laughs> Augustin Lozere is heading to uh
1: Milano. I like that one. Uh, I like that one yeah. a lot, especially as Milano's losing Bartolomeo and I, th- I think Lozere in the Italian league is going to be fun to watch.
0: Yeah, and then also Alz Neil. and been uh, holding things down in Chaumont. So a bit of Cuban influence
1: this year into the Italian league. Yeah, where's where's Ronnie in the chat when we need him? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, yeah, so th- one of the best places for Italian transfers is the legendary Tommy Blizzard Google Doc. Uh, he's got the, the whole spreadsheet for men's and women's transfers that he keeps up to date throughout the season. That plus oh. box plus the Discord. That's your source for transfers, but I think we've already talked about it enough.
0: There is a... Um... One uh, rumor here that was added recently on Volleybox. Filippo Lanza to Zaxa. Oh, no, no. I, I
1: remember that. That was sort of memed into existence on Pissini's blog, wasn't it? That that can't be a real thing. Please don't tell me that's a real thing. Maybe it is.
0: Well, I guess we'll have to so. see. Um, I'm what, just about Clev-
2: what about Cleveno?
1: Trevor Cleveno to Zaxa? Is, no, is he the, signed
2: next year Is your strip shoot?
1: I I don't know, but I actually thought I think I think he might. I think be. he is. I think he is. I think but he is. but uh, Zoxa needs more firepower. They don't need a an L two character. They need an L one character. How dare you? Okay, fine. Where Where did the Chiniese sign for next season? I not in Italy. I think he's going somewhere weird. I don't oh. remember. Okay, okay
2: I, I I don't know. Here's a good one. My boy finally get to the big leagues. F A. Luca, Lucas Vecina. Oh, uh, check PG kid. Scrub Belchatov. For next year, how about that? I like that.
0: Okay, I like that. He's too. he's
2: got the physicality. He's just he needs he needs to he needs to tighten it up. He needs to tighten it up a bit. Yeah, I'm glad I like he's playing that. on a, on a big club now. I'm not sure if it will start, but that's a, that's a great step in the right direction.
1: Agreed. So Physical. I'm looking at I'm looking at Tommy's women's transfer spreadsheet, and there's. Even more confirmed movement here, at least for Italy, than, than there is on the men's side. Like we already talked about Paolo Egonu to Vakif Bank, but just like some shuffling amongst the top teams with, within the top teams staying in Italy, Novara is getting completely shattered next year. Uh-huh. Britt Herbots is headed to Firenze, Rosa Maria headed to Busto Arsizio, Micah Hancock is out maybe to Valafolia is one that I heard. Uh, Daldorop also maybe headed to Vakif Bank Istanbul. Uh, Sofia Dodorico is out. Dalderup's
2: going to Vaca Maybe.
1: Maybe Dalderup to Vaca I also heard Cara Bayem, the American outside hitter, also maybe to Vaca So there's craziness going on. Uh, Novara, though, bringing in Jordan Poulter to set and Anna Donacy in the middle from Monza, allegedly. Uh, Monza going to have a complete rebuild. Uh, I heard that they're going to try and move Magdalena Stisiak to the left and pick up another opposite. I don't really know what's happening there. Uh, I know that's, that's that. That's
2: been tried before. That's been tried before. Yeah,
1: it has. Uh, Camila Mingardi probably moving on from Busto, going elsewhere, and she might switch back to the left side. Man, there's just some crazy stuff going on here.
0: Um, So there's been some updates uh, on the men's side. Have you guys seen uh, – do you guys want Trentino or Modena first?
1: Modena, not Modena, maybe Tommaso Stefani. I think that's a good pickup. Uh,
0: nothing confirmed about there, but um, it looks like we will be getting the return of – uh, certain Jania Grebenikov, um to Modena. Nice. Um, Love to hear that. That's It looks like news. Namir is now going to be returning to Modena. Um, so is Bruno. Uh, so is Engapeth. Daddy Stankovic,
1: Tommaso Rinaldi.
0: Uh, Mazone,
2: the return Ross- of Ronaldo after he couldn't even start on a low tier team. Yeah, they they, yeah. they
1: still need another outside hitter there. I'm I'm glad Leal's going back to Brazil where he belongs. But like Grabinnikov, you can't overstate the the upgrade that Grabinnikov is over Salvatore Rossini. Like that's crazy. Yeah, but once again, it's
0: just going to put Modna into the foreigner rule even more like they, they have yeah, to get point. they have to get a good Italian outside now because you've got Namir, you've got Ingepeth, um, you've and got Bruno, Bruno or... and Kropenikov that's four right there right yeah Um. and then if you go to the Trentino sides it looked like they uh, made a, at least one big pickup Donovan Dasronach
1: I like that move I like that move but, uh,
0: but is he
2: better than Daniele Lavia I I don't know. But about they that. but they have Lavia there
1: as well. It depends on what system they want to play. Yeah, uh, that's true. I don't I don't know if I see them doing this three outside hitter thing for another year.
0: But like yeah. I mean they they've got they're bringing back Kaczynski. They've got Dzvornik, Micalito, Lavia, Cavuto as well. Yeah,
2: so now you have four like good outside hitters, and still Man, know what all are you episodes. gonna what
0: are
1: you gonna do with all
0: those? <laughs> Yeah, that's what, like, yeah. for me, that's almost, like, because of what they have, it's, like, it's a lateral move. Sure, you're adding someone on who's who's got a lot of quality, but you're not really upgrading team. Like, is that going to get you back to another Champions League final? Is that going to make you win Probably it? Probably not. Probably not.
1: Is this the year that Piacenza finally jumps into the top four? It's,
0: I think it has, think
2: has, to, be. has to be. be. Like, <laughs> that, that's such a good roster already, and they still have, like, they still have, what, one more four in a spot to fill out, which I'm sure is going to be a... A good one. Depends on if
1: they're keeping Legumcia or if they're bringing in Zaitsev or what they're gonna do at opposite, but it, like I'm assuming they're keeping Brizard at setter. Yeah. Right? So they have Simone, Lucarelli, and right? Brizard And they are also
0: they're also keeping Francesco Riccine.
1: Yeah, and then I think Kaneski is staying in the middle and he's totally fine. So they've got
0: yeah, Kineski, Chester, and Ricci. So you've got three like decent
1: Oh, they're bringing in Ricci from Perugia. Interesting. Yeah, I mean this has to be the year that Piacenza makes that jump. It has to be.
0: I guess we'll see. I guess now we'll see fully see if Antoine Brizard is really everything he's cropped up to be as the number one uh number one player in the world
1: <laughs> according to to a, a fraudulent list. So, uh, let's let's move on. let's move on to just a couple more. I think that's plenty on transfers. As more yeah. come up, we we can talk about them in the Discord, which all of you should join by the way. But yeah, Erkan Ur- Ur- Ozer is just dropping knowledge in the ta- chat today. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I I have heard, I I did hear about Jordan Thompson Nimonza. I definitely heard about that. That's why maybe moving uh, CCIAC to the left. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on in there. But the, the, join the Discord. Links in the description to uh, chat about all this stuff oh, all year. Oh long. yeah, Heinen going
0: to coach a, a women's team
1: too. Uh, but it's it's a bad one. It's like a middle of the road one. He he won't even make the playoffs.
0: No, they're they're a, they're a playoff team. Nilufar is a playoff team.
1: No, there's only four teams make the playoffs in terms. Oh yeah, of so true, not, true, it's not true. going to be one of those. Yeah. Well, with You're Vito right.
2: Hainan, come on, guys, they, they got a chance, right?
1: Yeah, now they're probably going to get relegated. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Before we jump into a couple more things to wrap up the club season, we have got a couple of very important things Everett needs to tell us about. The first is that volleyball dot store. It is back. Yeah, absolutely.
0: If you want to look fly, like me right now, we're (laughs) rocking the spicy volleyball gear. Rob's got some of it. Dan doesn't have it yet because it's sitting right here on my uh, office floor that I'm going to be giving him. Uh, But make sure you head over to that store to grab your spicy volleyball merch, grab your 9x9 merch, grab your make volleyball great merch, um, (laughs) and look, look as good as us um yeah i finally got my order in and i'm stoked about it we got baseball tees we got hats we got water bottles um we've got t-shirts long sleeves sweaters hoodies literally got everything so uh spicy grab
1: volleyball sticker
0: St- spicy volleyball stickers yes absolutely so make sure you uh, head over to that volleyball.store to uh, grab some merch and uh, grab some gear and, and support the podcast next up if you like sports, then you probably like betting on sports. So uh, head over to BetUS, America's favorite sports book, and use the code VOL 125% deposit bonus, deposit bonus when you deposit $100 or more. That means if you deposit $100, you're going to turn up with $225. It's literally free money. Golf is starting. It's always great to bet on. I I'm a bartender, and there was a dude who won, like, Thirty thousand dollars because he bet on a guy for thirty thirty to one for the Players Championships this this uh, this weekend. It was great. He tipped me out a lot. It was fantastic. <laughs> you want to see pure joy? Go win thirty thousand dollars on a random, meaningless bet one night when you were drunk, and it turns out well. It's great. So when you're doing that, make sure to use our code Volley One Two Five. As I said, it's going to be free money, and they've been doing this since 1994. They are the longest running online, the long, longest running sports book in the u.s so make sure to check that out and uh that's another way to, to support uh support our channel and this podcast without having to buy things and you know what you can end up winning thirty thousand. who knows or maybe more
1: all right uh good bit there you boys want to c- cover a couple more like little questions just to summarize the entire club season before we jump on a little national team stuff absolutely, well, you, I absolutely you got some questions so. let's do it i do uh so looking at all of European club volleyball the entire year, we had a lot that went on. We had world club championships. We had all the, the cups. We had the entire Champions League season. We had all the, the league titles this past weekend. We had promotions. We had relegations. We had a little bit of everything. Um, quickly, first thing that comes to your head, we can go through these quickly. It doesn't have to be uh, anything that crazy or researched. What is... The, your favorite club match you watched this year, men's or women's? I absolutely know what mine is.
2: Modena versus Perugia, game three of the semifinals in the Super Lego. Modena, went, per-
1: Modena Perugia, game three?
2: Yeah, it was like game four went, or set four went to like 31 29, and then it went to overtime of game five, set five as well. Magic. Ooh. Good stuff.
1: Mine was the Trentino versus Perugia Champions League semifinal uh Ooh, another good one. back-to-back five setters plus a golden set like it, it doesn't get any better than that
0: yeah i have to agree with rob on this one that was absolutely phenomenal um just great volleyball all around and you know what trentino that's probably the i guess they the, the that series uh, against Louis, that's probably the best that they looked all season and it was
1: kind of downhill from there, there are a couple others like uh Piacenza over Trentino and like deep in set five in game two of the playoffs. Was it like 1917 or yeah, that's a good one too. 19 or something ridiculous? That match was great. Uh, there is. I remember I commentated a Verona over Milano game where Rokmosic ripped an ace at like 2321 set five. There was like a just a crazy barn burner. Uh, that one was really fun uh, on the women's side, like Club World Championship finals was crazy. Uh, but the the one that definitely sticks out for me is Vacabank versus Fenerbahce in the finals game four. When oh, when, yeah. when Fener was up two to one in the series, they were up two zero in the match and seventeen thirteen in the third, and they couldn't close it out. That was one of the all timers. And yeah, Eric, in the chat, saying the same thing. Yeah, Fenerbahce, Vacabank game four of the playoffs. That was ridiculous. I'm trying to think of any
0: more.
2: I um, mean, we had we had a pretty stacked.
0: Yeah, like, there's both just... with the
2: rounds of the Italian Super Superliga semifinals, and honestly, there's Champions League semifinals too for the men were
1: both like
2: really good games. Yeah. There's there was a, a Lube Trentino. I forget which one it was, but one I feel like one of them was, was really, really good as well.
1: Uh JW over Lube in Champions League was a great series. Just like a, a truly shocking, shocking series. Yeah. So uh how about one player you guys think if there were, if there were to be an MVP of all of European club volleyball this year, uh, maybe, maybe one for the men, one for the women, who's your MVP of the entirety of club volleyball this year? Damn.
0: That's tough. It's for, for, on the men's side, for me, it's come down to two players. Who are those? Semeniak and Simon. Okay. It's, it's, it's either Semeniak or Simon because Simon did everything he could for Lube, put the team on his back to lead that team to a Scudetto and Semenyuk, I don't know if he didn't necessarily put the team as but on his back as much but his consistency throughout the entirety of the season and I mean hey we talked a lot about is Slivka falling off you know where's Slivka I think one thing we just need to look at is that Semenyuk just got that much better that he demanded the ball that much more and Slivka just kind of became a secondary piece of the offense just naturally because how good he was but then the way that he emphatically Ended that the, the season with that performance in the finals. Like it's it's a toss up between those those two players for me.
2: For me, it's obvious. I love Semenyuk. He had the, one of the best final games of all time. But there's only one winner of this award: Robert Landy simon
1: man, the I man agree.
2: had more points than attacking attempts this
1: season. Wait, but what? Process, Wait a minute. I- <laughs> no, <laughs> is that a real stat? He had more total points than attempts, so he had. He had more aces and blocks combined than than attacking attempts that didn't result in kills.
2: 579 points, 570 attacking attempts. He was the best attacker on Lube. He was the best server on Lube. He was the best blocker on Lube. It was their leading scorer the entire season. Unreal. Whoa.
1: Unreal. Whoa.
2: It's it's one of the best scenes I've ever seen in volleyball in my entire life. Whoa. it's like, and the and the fact he's doing it, he's what 33,
1: 34?
2: He's thirty four. Yeah, I mean, I I could every every game was like complete domination.
1: More total points than attacking attempts. That doesn't even make any sense in my head. That's a bomb stat. Can I look it up. Man. That's wow.
0: absolutely insanity. Oh wow. What is that?
1: <laughs> More points than,
0: than like Jesus. That that needs to be recognized somehow. You know.
2: Somebody fire up an Instagram graphic. Yeah, that's. I mean,
1: that that sounds like the the return of the five-one Instagram right there for the first Uh, time in nineteen months.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um. Wow. Okay. 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 Yep. Definitely, Robert Landy Simo
1: more points than uh than attacking attempts on the women's side either uh, i think it's like either gabi or hawk for vackif bank or egonu's always I mean, in Igonu the mix. was so incredible yeah, yeah for me for me it has to be egonu i think like, it still uh, has to
0: be egonu too like she just was just so dominant throughout the entirety of the season she was so good in everything she did like let's be honest the rest of that Canigliano team doesn't like clearly doesn't match up with what everything else is is going on right in 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 the world um I mean, even even in the italian league like without without the agonu they would have been nothing right Vakufbank's strength is their system is their team as as a whole when hawk isn't isn't going they've got gabi you know when gabi isn't going they've got hawk they've got gunesh they've got osby they've got all of those players around them whereas with Canigliano, it's just just uh, agonu and i mean remember this was a team that earlier in the season was the greatest team ever winning 76 matches in a row right so Still, like, this is still a, a, a very, very good team, and it's led by one person and one person only, and that's Paolo Ogono.
1: I agree. I think it's it's the very definition of, like, most valuable player in that discussion is that she is truly and utterly irreplaceable. And and without her, Corneliana was completely and completely hopeless. So, yeah, she's my pick as well. I cannot wait to see the level of dominance that happens when she goes to Vacafank. That will be crazy to watch.
2: Uh Guys, remember a few years ago, man, I, you guys hear Rafael Leon, man, he's leaving Zeneca's on. Guess where he's going? Perugia. Uh, it's going to be the pic, best, picture that level be best of team dominance. of all time. Oh, wait.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Here we are five years later. So let's not count our chickens before they hatch.
1: Okay. The uh, last question on this topic is taking a look at all the leagues, men's and women's, uh, in terms of just their general league performance, their team's performance in CEV competitions, like who won CEV, Champions League Cup, Challenge Cup, like who went far in those competitions. On the men's and the women's sides, which leagues do you think had the best year? It's not which league is the Ooh. best, not necessarily which league is the best, but which league in Europe had the best year? Ooh, okay, let me. Who Who won? So I'll Mo- I'll, 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 go, I'll go down the awards really quick just so we remember. Yeah, yeah. Men's Champions League, Zoxa wins. They beat Trentino in the finals. CEV Cup, Monza wins. Uh, they beat whatever French team that was. In Tours, the finals. Tours, <laughs> whatever French team. I don't remember. It was a mis- <laughs> The Greatest French
2: upset team. in CEV Cup history, Rob. What them?
1: <laughs> With them digging out Monza. They? what Monza beating Zenit Kazan in a forfeit. That's the greatest upset right there. <laughs> and, and then a uh, challenge cup uh, was, that was a great one. Yeah. Ankara lost to some other French team. I don't remember which. Narbonne. Yeah, that was it. So Yeah. yeah. Narbonne won challenge cup. Uh, so like France had two appearances in finals of CV competitions. Italy only had, well, Italy had two, even though they were higher and only one of them was won. women's side. Uh, Vakif bank wins champions league over Corneliano. Uh, I know Scandici won Challenge Cup over some bad team from Spain. What what happened? Is uh, Basha won CEV Cup over like easily over? Ooh, okay. Someone I don't even remember who they beat in the finals, but that is a segue for me. Turkey, the Turkish Women's League had the best year on the women's side this year. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Club World yeah. Championships, Champions League, and CEV Cup.
2: And taking the title back from Italy, with what? won every Champions League title since 2018 when Navarro won, right? right. It was Navarro, Caneliano, Caneliano.
1: Yep. Pause. <laughs> Pause, Caneliano, <laughs> then yeah, Vakitek. Yeah. So I, I think Turkey's kind of the slam dunk there. But how about on the men's side? Like, is Zax's Champions League win enough to give that award to yeah. Poland?
2: Yeah, I think I think we already went over it earlier in the podcast. I mean, this is like, now you can't say last year was a fluke, right? Right. Now you can say, hey, po- po- top Polish teams are right up there with the other polish teams and like we said earlier again you beating Lube uh in the champions league as well i mean what what a testament to the uh to the power of those teams and you know get a get a Zavierci, get a uh get an olston in those lower competitions and uh you know i know scrob did scrob played the cv cup this year yeah, yeah they right did there?
1: they lost to tours in that semi final which was a crazy one
2: yeah so i mean other than that pretty pretty f- and worse pretty flawless performance from the polish teams that did play but
1: well, yeah, a couple more of that, man. Man. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Scra got third or actually did they did they beat Zaviarchi in that third place series in Poland? I actually don't know the answer to that. No uh, me either. Let's let's look that let's, up. Yeah, let's look that up. So who yeah, whoever gets third, whoever got third there in Poland, wow, what is it's what's their
2: fault for having a third place series. You don't, you
0: never need
1: a third, third place. place. Oh, Zaviarchi. No, wow, Zavrici, Zavrici Zavrici won. Honestly, let's I'm say.
0: stoked about that because it's I'm watching cool. Zaviarchi in the semifinals. They have a rowdy fans. And I know that they're gonna go hard for Champions League. So I'm i yeah. s- I'm stoked that Zavierci won. So
1: yeah, Xavierce into the Champions League. They lose Facundo Facundo Conte though, so they're gonna to have to make some moves. Yeah, i reg- I agree with Dan. I, w- I would like the Plus Liga to put a little more emphasis on C V Cup and Challenge Cup, because then they could really really make a great case for the best league in Europe, to be honest.
2: And and they're still not there at the bottom of the league with, True. with Italy. Like still no. a pretty big gap with like teams like nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So, but they have. I mean, they have by far the best production out of any of the leagues. Uh, That's a good point. Uh, yeah, except for English commentary, which kudos to FIVB. That was a freaking great addition to everything this year.
1: Yeah, but, agreed. Uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what coverage, sort of expansions, we see in the club next year because I think that volleyball world getting into Italy was a success. I, I wonder what their viewership numbers are like. I as well, a- I'm, I'm on the inside. I commentate all those games. I have no idea of any of their analytics are Well, Moto was
2: on a podcast, uh, Sports Pro Media podcast earlier in the year, and they, they said that this is, uh, the, the the idea is to have, you know, the one-stop shop for, for volleyball streaming OTT. So, that's Good. Nice. Yeah, nice. I like nice. that. I
1: get get the Plus League on there with English commentary. Get the Turkish Women's League on there with English commentary. I think those would be huge value adds. And, and get me on there commentating as well too, uh, please and thank you. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll work on that this off season. There there's a about seventy five percent of the bottom of the group of commentators used to be cut off and thrown in the trash and bring Everett and Dan in. Yeah. You know,
2: I disagree with the language but I agree with the sentiment
0: thank you yeah uh just real real quick we've, we're talking about the plusliga um Estal Nisa is leading bedzin two to one in the promotion relegation uh is
1: that a uh, thing they play a series for that yeah that so be uh,
0: sick. Bedzin, what? Bedzin, bedzin finished um second uh to I, I forget who but and that's what they're 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 playing against Stalnisa um, right All now, right. and uh, yeah, Brandon nice. Coppers had 14 points in the last last week yes. for Bedzin. Yeah, good. Why old- is there that? still
1: club volleyball being played? What is going on here? Why is that a thing? Yeah,
0: I don't know, but it's still going to figure out <laughs> who gets relegated or to see if Stalnisa Nisa gets relegated. They did go up 2-0. Uh, with both three nothing wins. But uh, yesterday, um, Bedzin got a three nothing win and game
1: four Brand goes down Thursday. Offers. That's, That's absurd. A uh, question in the chat before we move on from club. Thoughts on the Russian League. Their games were all available on YouTube. I like Great the Russian league. league and I like watching them. I'm, I'm, I love their production. We've, they've become a lot more available in the last couple of years. They're, the problem with Russia is the obvious. Uh, they, they were pulled out of CV competition this year. They're going to have a massive... Exodus of foreigners leaving the league for obvious reasons uh I mean they're unfortunately they're subject to the geopolitical situation in their country which right now is quite bad and I mean there's not much more to say about it because Russia is a great volleyball country their league is good their players are good i i I miss them on the international scene and we'll definitely miss them this summer but uh there are a lot bigger things that play there than just volleyball yeah, yeah it's hard to get
2: invested right now
1: very very and like i i, I tuned back into the, the very end of the russian league we talked about it on this show and Zeni kazan lost out of nowhere to novosibirsk we, we were just mostly clowning on how bad the format is but there was there's very good volleyball being played in russia all the time i just think that level is going to drop in the next couple years until they can legitimately get foreigners back in
0: yeah for sure and Let's be honest, we're probably not going to see many Russian players in other leagues either no. as well too. And no, I mean typically no. they do they do just stay in the, in the Russian leagues uh but I'm guessing that most of those players won't really be welcome. Uh which is a shame
1: of I can't think of a single one other than Arena Fedorovseva as the only Russian Ooh, player yeah. I can think of playing but- outside of Russia right now. But it absolutely
0: works because Turkey is politically like neutral in in some senses, so they're they're not a part of NATO and and whatnot. So that would understand why that uh, Turkey might be one of the only places. Turkey and Iran really might be the only places for uh, Russians to play elsewhere.
1: Well, anyway, uh, I think that's that's a, that's that's it. That's club season. Club season is over unless you count this stupid Polish relocation series, which I cannot believe is extending past Champions League. That's the craziest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. But that's it. And you know, you boys know. So, what that sets the stage for it is time Absolutely. it's for time Vienna. it's national team season let's it's go man. volleyball nations league is here it starts one week from today the women's volleyball nations league starts one week from today the men's volleyball nations league starts two weeks from today so we're not going to spend that much time on it on this show because uh this time next week it will be literally all there is to talk about but there will be matches Uh, One week from today on the women's side and women's VNL in two places. One is Ankara, Turkey, a phenomenal bastion of volleyball. Great crowds, great arena, uh, great production. (laughs) You guys see where I'm going with this. And the other (laughs) is is the embodiment of embarrassment that is Shreveport, Bossier City, Louisiana in the United States unfortunately we have no choice but to talk about this because there is elite level international volleyball being played in that true dump of a town. But uh, this time next week, this, this coming Tuesday, a week from today, there will be meaningful volleyball nations league women's matches played. So we'll have, we'll have national team games to react to on this show next week, boys. I'm so excited for national team season. Um, like I'm literally shaking.
0: Uh, <laughs> right after, guys, right after this this very show, we can watch USA against Dominican Republic at 9 p.m. next Tuesday. Um, That's right. So we That's can right. we that that could kick it off uh, right away. Um, if you are a Canadian fan, Team Canada plays Poland at 6 p.m. on Wednesday, June 1st. So. Tuesday, Wednesday, all of the days, I'm going to be watching volleyball, and then we're going to be in Ottawa right away. For That's Nations. right.
1: So just a couple quick things about the format of VNL, because it's different this year. We've talked about a, a lot on this show as, as things were coming out, as they were trying to rearrange the tournament as Russia, as Russia's team was kicked out of the tournament and Russian host cities were replaced. But the, the way it kind of works is there's these three weeks of reg, of the – sort of preliminary round like we're like we're used to but the the pool format looks completely different now there's two sites each week it's six days of play from tuesday through sunday so that's six days of play and each of the teams that are there in each pool will play four matches so everybody plays four matches in each six day block and even though the pools are of eight teams that that travel and go to one site you don't necessarily play everyone in your pool it's kind of confusing. I don't really understand like what, what a pool actually means. But at the end of the tournament, everyone will play 12 matches, uh, four matches in, in three different places for the preliminary round. And then out of the 16 teams on both the men's and the women's side, the top eight will make the playoffs, which is way better than the stupid final six or final four that we've had in the past. So that uh, as weird as this format is, the finals format is going to be much better. Uh, The women's finals are going to be in Ankara, Turkey. The men's finals in Bologna, Italy. So here's a quick look at the men's. We're not going to talk about it much because it doesn't start until two weeks from today. But uh, Volleyball Nations League starting one week from today. Volleyballworld.tv is where you can watch every single one of the matches. Boys, right now uh, on the women's side. Who's your pick to win this VNL? Canada.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we are going to be better. Like, I thought, be thought
1: everyone than... everyone was the designated homer on this show. I thought Dan no, was the No, no, the for head.
2: for the men, I'm the homer for the women. Oh,
1: okay, fair no, enough. But, but actually, I, th- I think Brazil for me.
0: Brazil. Uh, like said, yeah. Turkey. You said Turkey? Turkey
1: women. Okay. Playing at oh, home, boy. playing at home. True. It's oh, uh mine's the uh, USA. Remember the
2: last time they played a major final at home, uh 2019 Eurovolley finals? God, you guys no. Remember how that turned oh, out? I sure. <laughs> do
1: Yikes. Uh my my pick's the USA. I think the USA repeats. We we talked about it on last week's show. We did a little uh, USA VNL roster breakdown for both the men and the women. Uh those like individual clips will be posted on YouTube here very shortly. But I think the USA repeats. I think they're gonna be able to replace uh Larson, Barch uh whoever uh, ak and really are the only three losses i think kelsey robinson kelsey robinson katherine Plummer, and chaka bogu that's, so
2: katherine Plummer is gonna hit eight for 25 or now that she's on home soil she's playing this, with this her what, like this,
1: this is, is my, exactly this what is my, we talked about question. last week everett clowned on me but he does not he did not watch any of usa last summer i did katherine Plummer was so man, well, good in last year i definitely Catherine watched plumber was last so summer, good man. in last year they played BNL. canada Exactly, <laughs> so, Catherine Plummer was so good in last year's VNL that she made a strong case to be included on the Olympic team, which she, she wasn't. wasn't. And that, which was never the plan. She had four girls who were way better than her, more important than her, and all of them about ten years older than her and more experienced. But she played so well in VNL that she made herself a case. I think she plays significantly better in the national team system than she does, like like we just saw on Sunday for Caneliana. Who's setting for Team USA? Poulter. Is she healthy? I think so okay
0: fair enough fair enough I mean what I do you guys think
2: I, about them playing in the uh, Philippines even
1: I
0: actually love that yeah um, I love because it because the Philippines because the Filipino fans has, are gnarly yeah and they, gnarly. Have, they
1: have more American fans like they have more fans of team USA than the USA does than, than the USA does I've That's seen true. clips of like u eleven matches in the Philippines
0: played in like their national stadium with like thousands of fans there and their kids go nuts for it um so yeah, it's a great Filipino volleyball. Base. Yeah, Filipino volleyball is absolutely massive and let's start putting it in places like the Philippines where they actually care about volleyball and not like places like Shreveport Bossier City uh United States. That being said, both Ottawa and Calgary care about volleyball so you can come back to Canada anytime FIVB.
1: You already know I'll be there and the FIVB will hopefully follow cuz yeah, Ottawa knows how to run events like that. I'm sure Calgary is going to put on a great show. Yeah, that that third week uh yeah i'm starting to starting to regret not being able to go up to calgary for that entire week they did ask me to go but uh two full weeks uh was a little too (laughs) much too much for me to handle but rob we we need to start getting you a fully volleyball job so you can uh start doing this all the time Uh, i mean (laughs) i'll have my people talk to your people if you've got if you've got such an offer (laughs) (laughs) i bet you i bet you cost but you cost a pretty penny uh, yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong about that. <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, VNL next week it's national team season. We make fun of VNL a lot. We, we think the format is stupid. We, we like to complain and make fun of the FIVB, but the fact of the matter is I think all three of us would agree that national team season is what we get the most excited about in volleyball. It's definitely what got me into volleyball in the first place. And it's just, it's just, it just hits a little bit different when you're playing with your country's name on your chest. So uh, I'm stoked also, for this. It's also completely different volleyball
0: too. Like yeah, it's the way more. Really different. It's it's way more cohesive and and team biz, uh, driven and and style driven. Like I love seeing the contrast and styles that you see from national teams, like especially when you've got you know North American teams versus South American teams versus the Europeans versus the Asian teams. It just shows that volleyball is done in so many different ways, and I love watching that. And I can't wait. Like it's been so long since I've seen volleyball in person. I can't oh. wait. Like it's 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 like just hitting me now how close and
1: palpable it is to be able to see volleyball in person. Um, yeah. I Dude, we're going to be, in, we're going to be in Ottawa. There will be matches played in Ottawa that we're going to be there for two weeks from today. Two weeks from
0: today. Yes. And it's then we gross. will be drinking beers in Ottawa two weeks from today as well. Actually less, less than two weeks. Cause you, you get on, on like the Sunday, yeah, right? Sign so, it on Sunday. Yeah. I'll be driving. I'll be driving in on the Saturday to watch Canada versus France. Oh is that like an exhibition game that's going on? Yeah, there's yeah, there's an exhibition game on on Saturday night. 30th, th- Thursday Saturday they play Canada versus France. Um and then VNL kicks off on Tuesday. So yeah, I'm going to be heading down on uh Saturday. I'm going to I'll be able to film that one cuz it's not VNL. It's just uh it's just a uh exhibition uh, great match point. and I'll be po- I'll be posting some classic highlights for that one, which oh, I'm stoked yes. about, of course. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't care about yes. watching
2: volleyball in person. I just want baseline highlights for the the, the volleyball well,
0: source baseline highlights. Rob, maybe, maybe you can pull some strings with the FIVB and, and get uh, gets permission to, to film, uh, film, uh, film some matches uh, at uh, Nations League.
1: We'll see what I can do. The, the influence I would rather have is the influence that I had over ESPN last weekend. And everybody, all my producers and everybody that watched were like, wait a minute, volleyball looks really good from the baseline. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if we could plant our flag in one take on this show and just die on that hill, I think that would be it. Oh, absolutely. If
0: there's if there's only one thing I'm able to do in volleyball after you know the decade plus I've I've dedicated to it, if like we get a baseline camera as camera one as the main camera um, for volleyball, I like you can kill me the next day I'll die happy. Same, same. Like, that's that's it. I've Third. I've, I've done <laughs> I've, I've done what I've
1: done what I can. So do.
2: It would completely transform the sport. Hundred percent. Such a new level.
1: Well boys, uh it's been a great club season. I mean, this show was born during the club season. We've covered a lot this year and it wrapped up with some bangers in Champions League, but that is it. It is time for the national team. Uh, I'm stoked, so we will see you find people next Tuesday on the 9 by 9. Uh hit up the Discord, links in the description. We've just exploded a number of Discord members this week. It's been unbelievable the influx of people from the subreddit that actually want to talk about real volleyball. So uh, that's fantastic news, and they have come to the right place. So I uh, yeah. hit up the subreddit to just, you know, talk, meme about volleyball, discuss club transfers, whatever you want. We're popping off at 24 hours a day, and we'll see. Well, you guys not whatever next you week. want. We don't want form checks. No, how does yeah. this look? No um, shoes.
0: <laughs> we we don't want any rule uh, debates. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, is this a double? What's happening here? Um, yeah, we don't want any shoes. Um, we want. <laughs>
2: Playing uh playing like rec volleyball after spending like two years around international referees is is so like hard. People people don't know the volleyball rules though. Oh I boy, to, I have to say that. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll save I'll save it for the uh, other Discord, whatever, for you guys.
1: Right, fair enough. So uh, join the Discord and make sure to subscribe here to Volleyball Source. We'll see you next week on the nine by nine when we will be totally shifting over to national team season. I can't wait, Everett, Dan, thanks, boys. Anything else before we let the people go?
2: Adios. 5-1 Volleyball Podcast still going on during
0: VNL, so check it out.
1: Fabulous. Dan, are we doing one this weekend? This week? Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. Love it. All right, boys. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for watching, everyone. We'll see you next Tuesday.